Well, look at someone and tell them, I'm glad you're here today. I'm not going to tell you to shake their hand or to give them a hug because we are going to be, you know, bacteria-friendly here today. Amen? Amen. But just look at them and tell them, you know, God bless you, baby. But <laughs> just let them know. Say, I'm glad you're here today. Come on. Look at someone and be, be honest. Don't just say, because I tell you. Find someone you're actually glad they're here today. Just look at them and tell them. Say, I'm glad you're here today. Amen. Amen. Well, today I am so excited to take on week two of our new series. Um, we have been talking about uh, March through the madness, and last week was marching through the storm. How many people love that? Amen? How many people have ever had to march through a storm in your life? Amen? And it's so amazing. I love all of the scriptures in the Bible where it talks about storms, and every single time, Jesus was never, uh, like, stressed out. Isn't that amazing? He was never like, oh my gosh, there's a storm. What are we going to do? Right? I mean, how many people, that's what happens to you. A storm comes and you're like, oh God, like you think he did not know it was coming. You know, we always react in a way of like, God, I don't know if you know that this is going on, but let me inform you that there's a storm here and you should be afraid. I mean, this is bigger than what you thought, right? But how many people know God doesn't feel like that, right? He says that there was times in the storm that he was sleeping in the boat. Amen? How many people remember that story? There was times that he was walking on the water over top of the storm. That's kind of like the chill that he's got. How many people want to be like that in the middle of a storm? Amen? Amen. Well, last week my husband was sporting Adidas, so I thought it was only right uh, to go ahead and sport Nike this week. Come on, look at somebody and just tell them, say, just do it. Amen. That's what we're going to talk about today. So today we're going to talk about champions. How many people love a good champion? Come on, how many people love watching? We have March Madness. Anybody watching March Madness? Do we have any basketball fans? We asked this last week. We have a couple. But we always love a good champion. We love to see the underdog win. How many people love it when it's the time for the Olympics? Do I have any Olympic watchers in here? Amen. Come on. I am a diehard Olympic watcher. There's something about it. And you love hearing like the underdogs, the champions win. And the thing that's so amazing is when you see these big moments, right? You see, you know, these times at the Olympics or you see these people win. And it's always this amazing moment where that's when we look at them and we think, wow, they are such a champion because we see what they're doing. When really, is that when they're really being classified as a champion? when they're on the stage performing? Or would you really classify them as a champion when they have put in 10 years when no one was watching, amen, getting up at four in the morning, doing three, four-day workouts, sitting there putting the sweat in, putting the work in when nobody was watching them, amen? That's a champion. So we're going to talk a little bit today about champions. And I'm going to, um, if you get your Bible, come on, how many people get your Bibles? I'm going to have a lot of scriptures for you today, so you can write them down and go back over them later. But I'm going to start with this, one of my favorite champions in the Bible. We all know Paul. How many people think Apostle Paul was incredible, right? 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8 says this, I have fought a good fight. This is someone that has endured, amen? I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. We could preach right there. I have kept the the faith. How many times has the enemy came against you just to take that part away from you? Come on now. I have kept the faith. Verse 8, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. You know what that tells me? That there's going to be a lot of champions in heaven. Amen? We know that we have the one champion there, the main champion. Amen? But we're going to get to stand there, and it's not just one person. We're all going to get to look at each other and say, you kept the faith. Amen? You didn't give up. You didn't give up in the hard times. And now everybody's going to see, you know, oh, we make it to the pearly gates. That's the goal as a Christian, right? But really, is that when we're made a champion? Or is it when every single day through the darkness, through the dark times, through the storms, when we're able to trust God and say, God, I don't have to be in that final moment to say, oh, now I have the faith. Oh, now I believe. But in all of these times, I am saying, I have kept the faith. Amen? So I'm going to go through, I read this uh, 
gosh, a couple years ago, and I, I, you know, love reading little, you know, things about champions, and I came across this in a Reader's Digest and wrote it down, but they gave seven different qualities that they were saying all champions have. And I'm going to go through these really quickly, and then I'm going to jump into some more scriptures. But I thought this was incredible, that even in the world, we can see that these are the qualities, and in order to be a champion, and I think that we can parallel these into our spiritual life. Amen? So number one, come on, look at someone, tell them, say, number one, they all have a dream. There was all a moment that they envisioned years before of becoming that Olympic champion. And if you're going to be a spiritual champion, you have to have that vision of being all that God has made you to be. Amen? Come on now. Number two. Look at someone and say, number two. We're going to jump through these quick. Number two. They're all fired up. You guys are all fired up. Amen? You guys are like, you lost that hour of sleep. I don't know about you. Come on. Number two. They're all fired up. Has anyone in here, did you ever play sports growing up? Was there ever that moment before you had a game or before you had, you know, something? What would you do? You would go into the locker room. The coach would come in, and what would they do? They would get you all fired up. Why? Because they knew that when you walked out of that locker room, you needed to walk out with confidence. You needed to know who you were. Amen? And you needed to know the qualities that were inside of you. And as Christians, as believers, that's what church is all about. Did you know that? Church is about us coming in, getting fired up, getting the word of God inside of us. So when we walk out of this place, we are fired up. Amen? We run out of that locker room and we say, we're ready to face what God, whatever is in front of us right now. We know who we are. Amen? One of my favorite verses, and I didn't even write down where it was from. I forgot. When it talks about, do not throw away your confidence. For what? It will be greatly rewarded. Amen? So number two, they're all fired up. Come on, look at someone and tell them. Say, number two, they're all fired up. You guys are quiet. I'm going to get you by number five or six. We'll see. Okay, number three, they bounce back. Come on, do we have any bounce back kids in the place? Amen? Many times on their road to the Olympics, and that's what makes it so powerful. I love, again, at Olympic times, I'm such a sucker for it, but when they start showing the stories, and they tell the stories that these people have endured, and the different hardships that they've overcome, and the different difficulties that they have had to continue to overcome to get to that place, there was always a reason, an obstacle, or something that they could have given up. There was always a time of something that they've had to endure when they could have thrown the towel in and said that this was enough, but they always bounced back. Amen? Many times on their road, they faced difficulties, disappointments, but they didn't let those disappointments uh, take them down. They allowed them to make them stronger. Amen? They allowed them to make them better and more determined. But Paul was that way. How many people love reading about Paul? My husband spoke about it last week. Paul went through a shipwreck. Come on. Paul went through some hard times. Then after the shipwreck, you would think that would be a time to say, all right, God, I made it through the shipwreck. Now from this point on, it's going to be blessings and blessings and overwhelm. You're just going to, you know, sit here and patty cake me. No. He gets onto the island, lights a fire because he's freezing, amen, puts his hands in front of the fire, and a snake jumps out and bites him in the hand. Come on. And we as Christians, we want to give up so quick. We say, I I'm not keeping the faith anymore. This isn't easy. You don't understand what I've been through. I want to watch the way I say this, but I think we're getting at a place as believers, especially here in our culture of everything being so comfortable and everything being so easy, that at the littlest slight of disappointment or at the littlest slight of challenge, we're so quick to just throw the towel in, to just give up and walk away from that and walk into something else. Amen? But where do we get to the point? Where are the spiritual champions that can stand up in the body of Christ to say, it doesn't matter what I go through. It doesn't matter what I face because I understand that those disappointments, that those discouragements, those things, those storms, God is not doing these or, or causing these. Amen? He's not the one that causes them, but he's not allowing them to happen to take me under. He knows that greater is he that is what? In me. 
than he that is in this world. So maybe this is just endurance training. Come on, look at someone and say, it's just endurance training. Amen? Amen. So number three. So number four, stick with me. Are you writing these down? These are good. Number four, they aim high. Paul said this, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Is your spiritual aim high today? So many people and Christians that I talk to, I feel like sometimes our, our only goal, it's like you get saved and then it's, well, I'm making it to heaven, right? And now I'm not saying that that's not a good goal. <laughs> that's a good goal. But how many people know that that's not it? That's not the only purpose. It's not just for you to make it to heaven. Amen? Do you feel like that's the highest calling that God has for you? That he puts you on this earth so you could get saved so that you can just secretly make it to heaven as the greatest secret ever nobody ever knew. Amen. I wonder how many people are going to be surprised when they're in heaven and they see you one day. And they'll be like, wow, you made it to heaven. I didn't even know you were a Christian. You kept the greatest secret out there. It's going to be like, ta-da. No. We're called to be on this earth as what? as salt and light. We're called to be what? To be the flavor in this world. We're called to be the ambassadors of Jesus Christ on this earth. We're called not just to make it to heaven as this great secret and yay, but we're called to be here and make a change. So today I want to challenge you, and, and I felt like, you know, marching through the madness, and we're talking about madness, I feel like it can be complete madness sometimes that as Christians, I'm talking to the Christians here, that, that as Christians, I, I feel like it's complete madness when we don't step up and become the spiritual champions that God has called us to be. Amen? I read something a couple... I always say that. I should probably just stop saying I read something. It's a good thing. We all read stuff, amen? But they were talking about how in God's creation, how, you know, we know that he created everything, right? He created the trees. He created the birds. He created the animals. We believe in creation here, amen? Right? Anybody? But he also created us. He created humans. He created us next to each other. And they said that isn't it crazy that humans are the only thing that typically don't grow to their fullest potential. A tree, when you plant an acorn into the ground, what's going to happen? That tree knows that, that acorn knows that seed, it's created to become an oak tree. And what does it do? It bursts forth and it grows to the highest height that it can grow. When you put a seed into the ground, when you put an apple seed into the ground, what's it going to do? It's going to grow and it's going to blossom and it's going to become what it was created to be. But humans, we were created with something called choice. And so although there's all of this stuff inside of us, especially as believers, come on now. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Amen? We are called to do even more than he did on this earth, right? We have all of this inside of us, all of this anointing inside of us, all of this potential inside of us, all of this wisdom inside of us, all of this life inside of us. But then we live sometimes these lives of feeling like we're not good enough or I couldn't get over the disappointment from years ago or getting stuck in these different places. Could you imagine if this great oak tree looked and, and said, oh, well, I stopped growing because that person, you know, made fun of me a couple years ago, amen? <laughs> I stopped growing because I decided that I, I, it was too uncomfortable and I didn't want to grow anymore, so I'm just going to stay just right here. I wonder, as spiritual Christians, am I being too hard on you guys today? Are you guys awake, Amen. But where did we get to the place where we stopped growing? Come on. Because as a child, when we, when we start growing, we all see the, the growth process of children. And they get to an age of, you know, 15, 16. I don't know what the exact age is. 17, 18, I guess it depends if you're a boy or a girl. But you just, you stop growing physically. But then what happens? 
You still continue to grow through life experiences, hopefully. Some of you guys, some of you guys never grew up past that age. I don't know. But you continue to grow and you continue to, you go to college and what happens? You're stretching and you're growing. And then maybe you get into relationships and marriage and you start stretching and growing and, and you know, different things in life cause you to grow. But as believers, we, we get saved, right? And that's like a growing experience. I, I, I'm not a child anymore. I'm growing. But then there's this point where we just, we just stop. We just stop growing, but I'm looking for the spiritual champions in this place today. Amen? Come on. Who wants to say that? Say, I want to be that spiritual champion. Amen? Come on. So number five. Look at someone say number five. Number five, a characteristic that all champions have. They planned for trouble. Woo! They improvise continually in the contest. They know that things will not always go as planned. And they're always prepared to change direction. If they miss a jump, they're prepared for the next one. And you and I in the Christian faith, we have to be ready because we don't know what lies in front of us. Come on. Matthew says this, in this world, you will have trouble. But what? But take courage, for I have overcome this world. So instead of using these times as excuses or, or get, getting frustrated and say, but you don't know the trouble that came to me. But you don't know the disappointments that I'm facing. But you didn't know the challenges that came against me. Well, I want to challenge you and say, well, in this world, come on, in this faith, you will have trials and tribulations, but take courage. Come on, let's say that together. But take courage courage. One more time. But take courage. Why? Not because you've overcame the world, but because Jesus has overcome the world. Has anyone read the back of this book? Amen? Come on. You can't get discouraged. You can't give up. Why? Because he won. He already won the battle. Amen? Come on. I think it's madness when we get to a place where you can see so much potential inside of somebody. But there's something that, that happened along the way. There's some disappointment that came along the way that told them that they couldn't do that anymore, and they just stopped. That's what I want to call madness today. Amen? And then number six. Say number six. I love this one. They never quit. Perseverance characterizes all Olympic champions. And any spiritual champion is characterized by perseverance in the Christian faith. And certainly, come on, we all know this, Apostle Paul, he was definitely someone with perseverance. Amen? Last but not least, number seven, they make their own luck. The dark horse that nobody had ever heard of in the games may have a golden opportunity when the favored athlete falls or falters. And a spiritual champion doesn't depend upon luck, but upon who? Upon God, ready to take advantage of every opportunity to rise to the challenge that faces him. I think we're getting at a point in, as a church and as believers where there has to be a point where we can rise up and overcome the things that held us back before. Or the things that have made us live so comfortable. Or the things that has caused us to stop growing in life. And to say, from this point on, I understand my goal is not just to make it to heaven. Amen? But I'm going to dream a bigger dream. And I'm going to ask God. God, instead of it just being about me. You didn't come because it was about you. You came because it was about me. Amen? But God, you, your word says that greater love hath no man than a man lay down his life for his friend. And how many of us can get to a place where we can start saying, God, it doesn't matter the age that I am, but I'm at a place of where I want to say, what do you want me to do? What is the greater dream that you have for me? And I'm not just talking about going and making millions of dollars where maybe if that is, that's a great thing and invest it into the kingdom, amen? Build some churches, amen? 
I'll tell you what, this church, we need a building, amen? So if you're a millionaire, buy us a building. (laughs) But I think it needs to be about, God, what can I do? What can I do to, to be a part of what you called me to do? History is being made. His story is being made through my life on this earth. Amen? He's not here anymore walking this earth, but he is inside of you. And he is inside of me. And the life that I live and the stories that I tell and the things that I do is what's going to matter of how his story is going to be told to those around me. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm going to have Grayson. Come on, Grayson. I want you to come up here, and I'm going to have Alex come up here. I want to show you guys. How many people love my illustrations? They're always fun, right? Amen. This is my little guy. How many people love my little Grayson here? Show him your big muscles right now. Look at these. He's, he is strong. Can I just tell you? Man, he's got the biggest muscles that you ever did see. <laughs> That's mom talk right there. It's okay. Okay, so we have these weights here. How many, do I have any people out here that work out? Come on, anybody? I can see you guys. I can see you guys all flexing out there. Man, Esther in the back. We have these weights here, and I think sometimes we go through this life where, you know, we we have these weights in front of us, and and they look a little challenging. Has anybody ever went into the gym after not being there for a while, and it was a little intimidating? Go to Planet Fitness. There's no judgment there. But (laughs) here, Grayson, I want to see. You want to show everybody how strong you are here? Come on. No? This weight right here, you want me to help you? Yeah? Here, come on. Let's show them how we can do it. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, look at Grayson here lifting these weights. Come on, show them. One, two, three. Come on, give it up for them. Three, four. Woohoo! <laughs> He's done. So I want to share this illustration with you. I want to share this illustration with you. This is called the elephant rope mentality. Here's a story. As a man was passing the elephants, he suddenly stopped, confused by the fact that these huge creatures were being held by only a small rope tied to their front leg. No chains, no cages. It was obvious that the elephants could at any time break away from their bonds, but for some reason they did not. He saw a trainer nearby, and when asked why these animals just stood there and made no attempt to get away, the trainer said this. He said, well, when they were very young and much smaller, we used the same size rope to tie them, and at that age, it's enough to hold them. And as they grew up, they are conditioned to believe that they cannot break away. They believe that the rope can still hold them, so they never try to break free. The man was amazed that these animals could at any time break free from their bonds, but because they believed that they couldn't, they were stuck right where they were. And I want to show this simple illustration. If Alex, you want to put your... Your feet in here. Come on, Alex is going to be our elephant here. <laughs> you don't look like an elephant. You're amazing, Alex. So as you see, you know, Grayson up here and my, my little strong man, when you see these, these weights and as, as a kid, as this baby elephant maybe, it's like these weights seem really intimidating. Could you imagine lifting those by yourself? There's no way. You would definitely need help, right, to get that done. And, and, and I think that sometimes in life we have this thing called life. We're going to call these life. <laughs> that can get really heavy sometimes. Anybody out there? <laughs> and this is what we can end up looking like with life. And, and then, you know, let's see if you can just walk with that. Come on. You can pull them. I know you got some leg muscles. Come on, boy. (laughs) Go, go, go. So this is what we're doing. (laughs) You can stay there now. We're going through life. We're pulling these weights around. We're going through, you know, different obstacles. We're going through different moments. And it's hard. It's challenging. 
but you know what? I'm going to try again. So go ahead, Alex, you know, try again. Go, go for that goal. Go for that thing that you feel like God's told you to do. Hey, he made it. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for him. He made it, right? It didn't look very easy, but he still made it, right? Amen? But this is what happens next. We continue to go through these moments, and God says, okay, now I want you to break free from that rejection. Now I want you to break free from that disappointment. Now I want you to break free, and I, I, I want you to run with these dreams that I've given you. But then, you know, go ahead. I, I, want, you to, I want you to pursue that dream that God has given you, that, that ministry that's in your heart, that, that thing that you feel like you're called to do. I, I want you to, no matter what it is, I want you to make sure that get to that other side, and I want you to do it. I want you to get there. Come on. But he's still what? He's still dragging all of this stuff with him. And this is what we do through life. And then we get to a place where we just finally stay right here and say, you know what? I'm just going to stay in my safe little circle here. I'm not going to keep pulling this stuff with me. This is getting, you don't understand. I tried before. How many people have ever said that one before? I tried before. I knew that God had called me to start that business or maybe that dream that was inside of me. But I tried and I failed. I, I tried and I failed. And, and every time I would try to go, it was like everything behind me. And people laughed at me. And people said, you're looking stupid. That doesn't look like it even makes sense. So from this point on, I just stayed in the job that I was miserable at because it was comfortable. I just decided to stay in the life that, that I was accustomed to. Although I felt this drawing and this calling that there was more that God had for me. But you don't understand. It was just too hard when I tried before. I want to give you a scripture. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside Every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Amen? Now, Alex, I want you to take those ropes off real quick. And I, and I feel like, and I know this is like a silly illustration, but, you know, I always feel like we have to have this mental picture. I feel like today, this is what, I want to call madness. That as believers, how many of us live 20, 30 years as believers still tied to these weights, to these discouragements, to these disappointments? And you can hear God saying in the Holy Spirit drawing, saying, run, run this race that I've called you to do. I'm telling you to run. I'm telling you to go into the mission field. I'm telling you to, to start this thing. And at that time, you're thinking, this makes no sense. Has God ever told you to do something that just sounded crazy at times? Amen? I want you to step out and give. God, you don't understand. That sounds crazy, the amount that you're telling me to give. I want you to step out, and I want you to do. Or I want you to step into this new thing. But God, my job is so comfortable and I, and I have a good salary and I have good benefits. And, and what, you're going you're gonna to stay in this comfortable life until you're 90 years old, 95 years old, and then say what? I wish I would have done what God was drawing me to do. Amen? If we can get the worship team to come up. Thank you, Alex.
And I want to encourage the believers in this place today that maybe have been in a place that has seemed like madness because you tried before to break free from that. Maybe it was failure. Maybe it was disappointment. Maybe it was discouragement. But at that time, when you tried, it was like the little child trying to do it. And you knew you were not strong enough to do it at that time. But I want to encourage you, whoever it is in this place, and this is what I kept feeling in my spirit, to show you the difference of a child trying to drag these weights around from an adult (laughs) dragging these weights around from somebody that decides, I'm not going to drag it around anymore. I'm going to get free from that now. Amen? There's some of us that are still at this place that, you know, we, we feel like, well, maybe I just came to know Christ, and, I, and I, I don't know, understand yet. I still feel like a child in some ways, and I, I still need help with some of that stuff. I still need someone to support me with that, and that's okay. Amen? We all need support at times. But then you get to a place where it's like the mother bird, you know, kind of pushes you out of the nest, and it's like, okay, I'm trying, I'm dragging this stuff around, but nobody's there helping me anymore. It's like, I'm trying, I'm doing this. But then you get to a place where you just get stuck and you say, okay, I can't do this anymore. I want to encourage you that there is more that God has for you. Amen? So today, if we can decide to throw off that weight, that you were never meant to carry that weight by yourself. You were never meant to endure everything in this life by yourself. But the Bible says this, you do have to have a spirit to be able to endure. Amen? I think we do need to get a little bit of strength back in us as believers, a little bit more of long-suffering in us, us, some more perseverance in us, where we can say, I'm not going to give up the first time I try something and I struggle. I'm not going to give up after I've done something for a while and it seemed like it just, I didn't know how to get free from it. I can, I'm believing that today, that by the Holy Spirit, amen, that the Bible says this, he who the Son sets free is what? It's free indeed. And whatever it is that you feel like has been holding you back, whatever fear it is that, that maybe is that fear in the back of your mind that's telling you that you can't run, You can't do those things that that have been put inside of you. You can't run that race. You, You can't dream that dream. You can't grow that high. Let me tell you, here's the difference of the world's point of view and as a believer's point of view. We know it's not us. Come on. I don't ever walk around and say, wow, look at what I have done. Amen? I can say it just like the Apostle Paul, in my best days, it is still like filthy rags. Amen? I know that it is only by grace. Come on. Does anybody feel that in your life? That you can say, it is only by God's grace. In the world, that there is a point where you can just max out and you can't go any farther. But with God, with Jesus inside of you, amen? You're not doing this for you. You're not doing this to build your big name. You're not doing this so people can know who you are or to make you famous. Come on, can I break that to you right now? It's not about you, but it's about making the name of Jesus Christ famous through your life while you're on this earth. Amen? It's not about getting your name known. It's about getting his name known. Amen? I love grace. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 9, and this is Paul. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. In Isaiah 54, 4 says, fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid, there is more disgrace for you, for you will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of your widowhood. I don't know who this is for today, 
but I feel like the madness is people that have tried and then have stopped because they felt like they couldn't do it anymore. Or they've tried to grow, they've tried to launch, they've tried to run, and they got tired or they got weary, and now they're living in this monotonous life that you know is less than what God has called you to be. And it's not about a name, it's not about a title, don't get, don't get that it's not about you, you know, becoming all of this great things for your glory. Let me just re-emphasize that, because everyone loves to switch that around. <laughs> Again, it's not about you, amen? But his power is shown through what you do, amen? When people look at you and say, that's the greatest compliment, I know you, and I know you're not good enough to do this, Amen? I know you. I know you're not confident enough to do this in yourself. Come on. I know you, and I know that there is no way that those doors could open by you knocking on them. And that's where you could step back and say, but I know the one that's inside of me. Amen? Come on. If we could just stand in this place. My greatest prayer, my greatest hope, is that any time you see a champion, whether it's basketball or football, not the Cowboys, they're not champions yet, but <laughs> hopefully, hopefully soon. <laughs> or the Olympics, and you see the training, and you see the disappointments, and you, and you feel that feeling. Does anybody ever get, like, teary-eyed when you see them because you know the struggle that they've put in? I want you to get that back inside of you. I want you to get that dream back inside of you, that anticipation back inside of you, to be able to say, God, while I'm on this earth, whether it's a day, whether it's a year, whether it's 10 years, whether it's 20 years, don't let me just be called to live comfortable. Let me do all that you have called me to do. Throwing off the discouragement, throwing off the disappointments, throwing off the spirit of failure, throwing off the rejection, throwing off what the world tells me that I am. And let me do it knowing that it's not about me, but it's knowing who I am in Christ. Amen? The Bible says this, and I want to get ready to close with this. It says this, I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Come on, I want just this to wash over top of you right now. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am chosen, redeemed, and set free. I am God's child, for I am born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God, which lives and abides forever. I am God's workmanship created in Christ unto good works. I am a new creature in Christ. I am a spirit being alive to God. I am a believer and the light of the gospel shines in my mind. I am a doer of the word and blessed in my actions. I am a joint heir with Christ. I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Come on, is this for anybody today? I am a partaker of his divine nature. I am part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people. I am set apart. I am different. Do not throw away your confidence, for it will be greatly rewarded. Amen? Come on, if you would, just close your eyes in this place. And if this was for you, I want you just to lift your hands in this place as we pray. If you're willing to say, God, I want to do all that you have called me to do in your army. Amen? <laughs> I want to become all that you are wanting and needing me to become in this earth, Lord. I love when he says, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If, if that's your heart's cry, if you're willing to say, God, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. I just want you to lift your hands up in this place as we pray. I'm not going to call you forward today. I'm going to have you make these declarations in your seat. 
But I feel like as believers, we need to get to a place where we can start becoming the spiritual champions, knowing who it is that's inside of us, that it's not by might. Come on. It's not by power. It's not by your power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. And I am praying and believing that as a church, as believers, we can rise up and become the body of Christ that he needs us to be in this end times. I'm believing that we are going to not be held back by our own disappointments and discouragements. That we can stand up and say we're ready to do what it is that he's called us to do. So God, right now in this place with our arms raised high, Lord, we say that we are yours. We say that we are ready to do whatever it is that you have called us to do, God. That whatever has held us back in the past, Lord Jesus, the madness that has held us back. And we may be successful in man's eyes, Lord, but it's not about that. It's about doing what it is that you've called us to do. It's about being what it is that you called us to be, Lord. And we want to be free. We want to be free inside. We want to be free from fear. We want to be free from discouragement. We want to be free from the spirit of failure. And from this moment on, Lord God, we're willing to step out and say, we take courage today. And we are willing to do whatever it is that you called us to do, Lord. We thank you for it, Jesus. We thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you, Father. As we sing this last worship song, I just want you to consider the weights that it is that you've allowed to hold yourself down. And as we, as we worship and as we praise and as we say take courage, I'm believing that you're going to take courage in this moment. And you're going to let all of that flood off of you, understanding that our time is short. Amen? But our mission is great. Come on, can I say that one more time? Our time is short, but our mission is great. The Bible says this, the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. Amen? How many of us in this place can say, Lord, we want to be a part of that. We want to be a part of those that you can trust, that can work for your kingdom. We want to be willing to say that if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. That if you're needing something done right now in this time, Lord God, that your story can be used through me, Father. That I can be a willing vessel for you to use in this moment and in this time, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can just do take. Slow down, take time, breathe in, he said, he'd reveal what's to come. The thoughts in his mind, always higher than mine, he'll reveal all to come. So take courage, my heart. Stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. And hold on to your hope as your triumph unfolds. He's never failing. He's never failing. Sing praise my soul, find strength in joy, let his words lead you on. 
and do not forget his great faithfulness he'll finish all he's begun sing take courage so take courage my heart stay steadfast my soul he's in the waiting he's in the waiting and hold on to your hope as your triumph unfolds he's never failing he's never failing take courage now take courage my heart stay steadfast my soul he's in the waiting he's in the waiting and hold on to your hope as your triumph unfolds he's never failing he's never failing and you who hold the stars who call them each by name will surely keep your promise to me that I will rise in your victory and you who hold the stars who call them each by name will surely keep your promise to me that I will rise in your victory. Hey. So take courage, my heart. Stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. And hold on to your hope as your triumph unfolds. He's never failing. He's never failing. Take courage. So take courage, my heart. Stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. And hold on to your hope as your triumph unfolds. He's never failing. He's never failing. So take courage, my Stay steadfast, my soul. He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. And hold on to your hope as your triumph unfolds. He's never failing. He's never failing. He's never failing. He's never failing. He's in the waiting. Yes. He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. Yes, He's in the waiting. Listen, before you leave, can we do one more thing? We let you out a little early today, but before we go, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like there's been a spirit of heaviness over this crowd today. Anybody else feel that besides me? And you know what? The only thing I could think of, like what I envision as I see, you ever seen in the spirit, God ever showed you something in the spiritual realm just to not envision it in the flesh? Because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? And all I can see across, not just this church, not just across us, but when I think of where we are as believers today, has anyone in this room felt that it's different today than it was 10, 15 years ago of how people walked through their spiritual situations? And I'm not saying it's all bad, but something has happened. And the only thing that kept coming to my mind is the word trance. Like, like we're under some sort of a spiritual trance in some ways. That might sound stupid to you. 
But the Bible says the enemy is the author of all confusion, the father of all lies. And I feel like what happens is we get into these situations to where we're just, we're coasting through life. We're coasting through our situations and we're waking up every day and doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And we're trying to make ends meet. We're just trying to make it through to the next day. Anybody else? Trying to make it through to the next month. Trying to just get through this situation. God, if you just get me through this one. God doesn't just want to get you through a situation. God wants to see you succeed through life. And what is the purpose of getting out of a situation just to get into another one? To think there may be another one coming? No. Are you happy? Are you happy doing what you're doing? Are you happy doing what you're doing for the kingdom of God? I mean, you don't have to lift your hand, but who can honestly sit here today and say, you know, please don't answer me out loud. I am 100% satisfied I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing for God. Not just in work and my job, but I'm, I'm satisfied. Because can I tell you, that's your greatest calling. That's your greatest purpose right there. It's not to wake up every day and go to the job and make the money and bring it home and take care of the bills and feed the family. That's good. That's what you got to do to live physically. But what are you doing to live spiritually? Because if you're not happy spiritually, you won't be happy at all. Can I tell you the truth? And are you doing what you're supposed to be doing for the kingdom of God? I mean, let's start at the beginning of it. Not just like stepping into ministry and, and it doesn't have to be here or in, you know, in the local church. What are you doing for the kingdom? Are you witnessing to people? Let's go all the way back to the beginning of it. Are you, are you serving the Lord the way that you're supposed to be serving the Lord? Because if you can't get none of that right, none of this other stuff will matter. You'll never be able to go out there and do what you're supposed to be doing for the kingdom of God if you can't get happiness inside of yourself spiritually. Is this the truth? Does it hurt? God, forgive us. God, heal us. God, make us new and whole again today. I don't want to come in and do the same thing every Sunday. We're not here to perform. We're not here for a show. Something has got to change. Look at your neighbor and say, something's got to change. Come on, be serious. Look at the other neighbor and say, something has to change. It has to change. You want to see, who wants to see revival break out? Okay, that's not done with a, an evangelist. It's not done with a special service. If you can't break out, we can't break out. If you can't step out, I'm waiting on you. We need you to step out. I need you to step out. And say, God, what is it that you want me to do, Lord? I got to get over my childish ways. I got to get over these problems that I, you're making it a bigger problem than it really is. Let's just be honest. The situation that you're going through right now, God's in control. Do you not trust the Lord? Do you not believe that what you're going through right now, God cannot fix it? Amen. He's ready to use you. He, he's ready to transform you. He's ready to take you to places that you've dreamed of going. He's ready to move you into your destiny, to the things that he's called you to do. But that will not happen until you say, Lord, I got to get my priorities right with you first. I'm not going to wake up every day and worry about the money. I'm not going to wake up every day and worry about the husband or the wife or the children. And those are things that are there. But the Bible says that tomorrow has its own worries. Amen. And I'm going to know that today God's got me. Can I tell you that your purpose for God today is beyond just church? You're going to leave this place and you're all going to go somewhere to eat or you're going to eat at home, whatever it may be. Go to a grocery store, hang out with some friends, wherever you may be. And that is when the great co-mission starts. Co-mission. God is with you in that mission. And you're going to have an opportunity to let the light of Christ shine through you or you're going to walk around being miserable and let people see that on your face from what you're going through. You're going to be able to share the love of Christ with them and say, God can do it. He's done it for me before he could do it with you today. You're going to be able to share your testimonies, the hurts and the pain that you've been through. But where along the way are we going to join together and we're going to make the change in church? We're going to bring this thing back to life to where it needs to be. We're going to have the services where people tarry once again. We're going to have the services where, where people will, will run to the altar, won't have to be prodded to the altars. Can I tell you one thing I hate doing more than anything? Is prodding people. What do you mean? 
I shouldn't have to prod you to lift your hands. I shouldn't have to prod you to clap your hand. Our worship team shouldn't have to prod you to, to say hallelujah or praise God or look at someone and smile because you got a, a mug look on your face. No one should ever tell us to have to do that. Amen? But have you noticed that that is how it got in church? All over. It's like just, can you, can you make me want to do it? Can you excite me a little bit? Can you stir me a little bit? Then maybe I'll want to do these things. Listen, this is all good stuff. I don't mean to offend anybody in this house. If it offends you, oh well. That's where I'm at. Why? We've got to make a change. When we make the change, God will make the change. When we step out, God will step out. Draw near to me. Amen? I'm ready. Are you ready? We're going to pray in just a minute. I'm going to read you a verse, and you're going to get out of here, and you're going to go witness. (laughs) My favorite verse in the Bible is Isaiah 43, and somebody needs to hear this before you leave. Because this is maybe where you're at, and this may be the reason of why you feel like you can't step out like you want to step out. He says, when you pass through the water, he says that I will be with you. He says, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Look at someone to say they won't sweep over you. As fast as that current is going, as scary as the raging water looks, it will not sweep over you. He says, and when you walk through the fire, he says, you will not be burnt. Then it goes on to say, neither will the flames be kindled against you. Neither will you be set ablaze. What do you mean? No matter what you're going through today, you are not alone. God is with you. God meant for you to go through it. Everything that I read, it says when you go through, when you pass through, when you walk through, because God knows that you're going through, you're going to make it to the other side of this thing because he's with you. He's with you, and he's bringing you through these things for his glory. So you can, you can look at other people, and they can look at you and say, man, they made it through that thing. God protected them. God provided. God made a way where there seemed to be no way. God healed them when the doctor said something else. God brought it to them when it looked like there was no way. And that's who God is today, and he loves you. He needs you to march through this madness of your life. What a word today. Are you thankful that God brought that word today through my wife? It was an awesome word. I'm telling you, you needed to hear it. Amen. I love you. Listen, if you are in this room today, our prayer team, we're going to have a prayer team that's going to come up front as we're already closing. But after service, if you need prayer, I want you to make your way up here to them. Just let someone spend some time with you in prayer just to be able to be ministered to something maybe on a personal level you need someone to come into agreement with. Just walk up here and talk to them. Let them pray with you. Very confidential. To let them know you're not alone today. Look at someone and say, you're not alone. Amen. God is with you. He loves you. Step out. Encourage. Take courage today. Take courage. Look at someone and high five them. Say, take courage. Come on, say, I don't got corona. You can high five me. Take courage. Take courage. Don't be afraid. I challenge you this. Before you come back next week, we'll have a better crowd. We didn't have people sleeping in next week, hopefully. I challenge you to step out this week and do something different than you did last week. Positive. I don't mean on the negative side. Don't sleep in. Don't miss work. Don't do none of that stuff. Step out in faith. Make, even if you make a 1% difference, you have gained ground. Amen? Do one thing different out of the ordinary that you didn't do last week to gain ground, to have more purpose in your life, to step towards your goal. Read another book, right? Do something nice for someone else. I love you. Father, bless the rest of this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for stepping in, Lord God, and changing our lives with your word because the truth, Father, will set us free. We thank you for that. We give you glory for that. In Jesus' name, let us be a light to the dark world today. Lord, if there are those in this room today, Father, that just need healing in their body, in their mind, in their spirit, Father God, in their emotions, whatever it may be, Father, we receive. Come on, lift your hands and say, God, I receive it right now. I receive the healing. I don't want to be this way anymore, Lord.
I don't want to come in like a zombie, Lord God, into church and into my house, Father God, and just going through the motions. We speak against anger in Jesus' name. We speak against resentment and bitterness, Father, in our houses. We speak against it. We speak against the mindset of lack and poverty right now. Bring life back into us, Father. You spoke life into Jesus. You spoke life into Lazarus. And today, right now, Father, the same spirit that is in us, we speak life over our situations in Jesus' name. Make us feel purposeful for your kingdom again. Lead us and guide us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Give the Lord some praise. Amen.